Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. We are on episode two of Muscle Building Month. We have Annette Verpilo returning again for another episode. If you haven't already listened to episode one, I strongly suggest you do that. Annette is an incredible, uh, wise teacher, and she's really, really exceptional at helping people optimize their posture. In, in the previous episode, we really got into the, the key things that are ultimately driving your posture, maybe things that you don't understand. And it's not just like, hey, I need to train my back more. It's not that at all. It's what is your your brain actually assessing in the moment? And why is your brain saying this posture that you're currently in is the most effective or most efficient for you right now? And how maybe can we realign your brain? She gives you some amazing eye exercise, some amazing feet exercises, and just a great thought process in a really short amount of time on how you can optimize posture. Today's podcast is really focused on walking mechanics. So as you guys know, I often talk about breathing and walking as the foundation of everything we do. So I wanted to talk to Annette, who's a posture expert. Her business, Posture Pro out of Montreal, Canada, is something that I've used personally and I absolutely love. Uh, literally saw a really quick difference and I still wear Annette's insoles in my shoes um, just because they seem to work. And, and I can't explain the logic. I can't explain the science. But it really seems that when I have those on, my posture feels stronger. It feels more stable. Um, and again, Annette, maybe can tell you more about that. If you have questions, you can ask her. But today, specifically, we're talking about walking mechanics because I think, in my experience, I'd say 90% of the people that I engage with on a regular basis, one, don't walk well. Two, have no idea how to walk or how to fix it. And it's quite simple, just not common, right? So most people's walking mechanics is uh, dysfunctional, which says, okay, because we were put in shoes from the time of such a young age. So if I say your, your walking is dysfunctional, that tells me right off the bat, your feet are dysfunctional, most likely. Your ankles may be dysfunctional, which then means your hips are going to be dysfunctional and your knees become injured. And this, this spiral of you know negative implications long-term, tight hips, lower, tight lower back, all because our walking mechanics are off, especially if you're someone who's aspiring to walk 10,000 plus steps a day. Imagine walking 10,000 plus steps a day with a dysfunctional gait pattern or with something that's ultimately leading to long-term back pain or hip pain, and most of us are. So learning how to do this in a simple way uh, is truly a gift. So thank you to Annette Verpilo of Posture Pro, and uh, many of my listeners have heard me speak of Breathe, Walk, and Meditate. So today's podcast is all about walking. Enjoy the podcast with Annette Verpilo. Today's podcast is brought to you by Organifi, one of my favorite products to use for Organifi is Organifi's Red Juice. This is an amazing pre-workout drink. You can also use it post-workout. So some people will argue pre-workout, it may be a little bit too high in antioxidants because you are trying to create oxidative stress in your workout. Personally, I find it to be really, really great for increasing my pumps. So it's actually what I use as kind of my pre-workout pump product because it's loaded with red beet powder for vasodilation. The red juice has a great blend of berries and uh, cordyceps, which has also been shown to improve endurance. So, and sexual performance for the guys out there who ultimately want to see a little bump in that. Again, the data says there's a bit of a bump just due to increased blood flow from cordyceps and increased endurance. So men out there looking to improve your uh, sexual performance in the bedroom, Organifi Red can be a great way to increase nitric oxide levels in the body, which ultimately offers a benefit both in training and in sexual performance. And not everyone always draws a correlation there, but it seems obviously it's the cardiovascular system. It's the vascular system dilation of the blood vessels that causes both of those things to happen. So if you can do one of them, you're getting good pumps in the gym. Hopefully you're getting good pumps in the bedroom. Had to throw that one in there. Um, Organifi also offers some other amazing products from the, their legendary green product, 
their amazing gold, which I've been using lately and love. And now they've got a product called Pure, which is for hydration and also has some other brain boosting benefits in there with uh, things like ashwagandha and moringa, and they help to detoxify and energize. So thank you very much to Organifi. Thank you very much to Annette. Head over to Organifi.com slash muscle and get hooked up with 20% off. You can shop all of their products for you by benefit so we can support you and they can support you, whether it be to be energized, to relax, to boost your immune system for gut health, for liver detox, and ultimately for performance. Head over to Organifi.com slash muscle. Use the code muscle to get hooked up with 20% off. Now to the show with Annette Verpilo, all about walking. All right, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. We're back with Annette Verpilo. Round two, we're talking about walking mechanics as a, an extension of posture. So posture obviously is the foundation of everything we do. That's standing posture, that's sitting posture. Now we're going to progress. So if, you, if you've optimized your standing or seating posture using Annette's Posture Pro method, which was obviously in podcast one. So if you haven't yet listened to that, go back and listen to the previous podcast we just did. Uh, we talked all about foot mechanics. We talked about um, how to optimize and how, how to assess. We looked at uh, jaw mechanics. We also looked at the eyes and some corrective exercises for the eyes and how they're implicated in posture. Uh, so much valuable information. We also talked about Annette's course coming up the MI40 gym in April, April 22nd, 23rd. Uh, and we'll tell you more about that in the show notes. And now we're going to move on to talking about walking. And I think you know this, you know, once you can have optimal posture when you're not moving, the next progression is, well, let's add some locomotion into this thing. And most people, it goes out the window, right? So like we literally, I think you and I did at your, your clinic, he's like, Hey, let's fix your posture. Now go for a walk, come back. And it was like, we got to fix it again. So we fixed it again. And then it stuck, right? It was like, okay, the second time went through, it worked. So I'd love to have you walk through what's happening there as we start to add some semblance of locomotion. I'm sure like the faster you go and eventually break into a walk, it probably breaks that way too, right? So it's almost like trying to make your body more resilient, more resistant to breaking down. Absolutely. Well, there, there's two, two things that are happening when we're talking about gait. There's heel strike, which is basically a uh, portrayal of the acceptance of gravitational forces, which is what we were talking about before. And then there's going to be the push off of the big toe. Now, and then I'm going to have to add a third thing, which is basically the synchronicity. Are you able to synchronize the opposite side of your body? So left foot, right leg, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at someone's gait, the way that they're walking, it really is a window into their nervous system. As a matter of fact, when, when gait starts to change, you can almost conclude that the nervous system or the brain is starting to change. Now, when it comes to, to posture and how you can preserve that energy is what ends up happening is when that heel hits the ground and the takeoff of the big toe, we can actually measure that in hertz. Okay. Depending on, on what you're doing. Like for example, if you're jogging, uh, you can go up to 20 Hertz. And then um, if you're walking, it could be anywhere between 0.5 and can go up to five Hertz. And that could be measured with a, with a force plate. But the point is, is that the more Hertz, the more energy you're wasting with that heel and that uh, toe off, the more energy you're wasting 
standing upright or even walking. Now, remember, at the end of the day, it's about mitochondrial fatigue. You don't want to waste more energy than you have to. You want to preserve that energy for bodily functions like digestion, like hormone production, like cholesterol and so on and so forth. Um, uh, and if you're wasting this energy standing upright, that's never a good thing. But the link that I want to make between that gait and that heel strike is that what ends up happening is when your heel hits the floor, you may not be aware of this, but it kind of like causes your head to be a little bit unstable. So if you don't have proper synchronicity, contraction, tone of your neck muscles, your head's not going to be able to be that stable. And or if you don't have proper eye convergence, then your eyes are going to kind of wobble in the socket and prevent your brain to see that, that to, to be, uh, prevent your brain to keep your the fixation of the image on the visual cortex. That all translates to, um, don't want to say being unstable, but it translates to postural imbalances and again, wasting more energy standing upright. Now, there's a few things also that happen with the big toe. Um, the takeoff of the big toe is linked directly to the integration of a reflex called the Babinski reflex. So in the foot mechanics and gait cycle, we kind of go through all of that because we we might take foot and gait, gait mechanics or, or just even walking for granted without realizing that at the beginning of life, in the first 12 months of life, we had to actually learn how to control, how to properly move that big toe so we can actually take off. So there's a myriad of different things to look for when you're looking at gait, but ultimately when someone's gait is impacted, if they're not swinging properly, if they're dragging their foot or if they're, they're not taking off the toe properly, all of that is an indication of brain function. That's interesting. And also what came to mind there as, you know, people who are these hard heel strikers, which obviously is a result of walking mindlessly because you're used to wearing a big rubber soul and you don't have to pay attention to how you heel strike what comes to mind is that that kind of um you know uh perturbation of the eyes or the the vibration going on in the eyes the brain and ultimately the muscular system i'm gonna guess that's like way more sympathetically challenging to the nervous system just because the brain's always just trying to kind of orient itself rather than being stable so you can walking in and of itself could become a way more stressful event for someone who doesn't have good eye control good neck control ultimately good walking mechanics. Well, yeah, because in this example, heel strike will have a direct relationship with, with the vestibular system. And remember that anxiety, if we're going to talk about sympathetic stress, anxiety lives in the vestibular system. So if you feel unstable in your body, that is going to create stress. And uh, stress is never really a good thing. As we know, it actually has catabolic effect throughout the entire body and is probably the beginning of, of disease as well. So um, I don't want to over dramatize, but what I'm proposing and what I'm suggesting is if we can use these tools to make someone more stable, to allow them to waste less energy, to make the most out of their heel strike so that they can have the best synchronicity as possible, then um, I'm, you know, I believe that the the per, some, someone's life they would just be healthier and just would be much better off uh, as far as their posture or even their life because what what we what we feel uh, has a direct impact on on our emotions and vice versa. Yeah. So one of the things I make all my guys do in the first thirty days is every day you're committed to walking for at least thirty minutes, and actually I typically advise like, hey, let's go in some barefoot style shoes. Not because I'm I'm a zealot for barefoot style shoes, but what I think it makes them uh, 
forced to do is become aware of how the heel strike, right? So if we're wearing these big rubber heels, we just literally become mindless in how we walk. And as soon as you, you know, I usually advocate taking your shoe off, shoes off and walking in the concrete, but people tend to get bruised heels from that. And to me, that's just like, well, think of evolutionarily, you wouldn't have had bruised heels because you would have been forced to actually pay attention to how you walk. Ultimately, if you would become stronger, also the musculature becomes stronger, the you may become, become more calloused. But ultimately, what I advocate is like, hey, go pay attention. It becomes almost meditative, forcing you to become present in this moment. And as we all know, most humans in, in modern society are anything but present in the daily moment, in, in this exact moment. So it almost becomes this meditative walking experience where they can literally learn to softly heel strike, roll through the forefoot, push off the big toe and start to reignite and reestablish gait cycle, reestablish musculature through the feet, and then hopefully take away some of that, that vibration happening up through the head, neck, and jaw. Uh, yeah, I love the way you explained that. And what I'd like to add to that is, because uh, you were talking before at, at the intro, how the formation of the arch is a direct um, a projection of, of muscle tone. So muscle tone comes from the brain. If you have good synergy between the flexors and the extensors, if you've integrated your reflexes, if you're partially balanced, then you should have a properly, properly developed arch. So looking at someone's arch is actually really important because it's, it's, how can I say, it's like the spring of the body, right? You should be able to absorb chalk through the arch. And some of the links also that we've made into that online certification are the links between your feet and your sagittal plane. So in other words, when looking at, at you from the side, depending on whether or not your body, your um, upper body is in front of your glutes or behind your glutes, or if it's properly aligned, yes, the jaw does play a role in that. But now we're looking at how the foot can actually create an imbalance in the sagittal plane. So we've kind of come up with, um, I like to call them Bibles uh, of the foot, which you have this type of foot posture, you'll have this type of sagittal plane and so on and so forth. And, and then you're able to intervene by working on the foot. You can have an effect on the upper body. So that's really great when you start to understand that if in your training programs or if, if you're you know looking to, to gain some mass on your upper body, if you can use the foot to help you, um, to help you gain those results. And that's just an additional, again, an additional co component, uh, for you to have in your toolbox. So for the listener, if you don't know what the sagittal plane is, if you're, if you're standing right now, just roll back under your heels and then roll back onto your toes. And that's kind of moving in the sagittal plane, right? Yeah, exactly. So for example, rounded shoulders, I'll just give you a very quick example rounded shoulders, um, which is, you know, when you kind of have like that kyphotic posture, that's kind of starting, um, you'll notice that with uh, someone who has a poor arch, so really flat feet or not a lot of, of, you know, of, of, uh, arch, um, uh, development there, that's going to have a direct implication with your, with your upper body. And it has to do with the biomechanics of the legs and, and the sacral angle that starts to change, which goes all the way up to the kinetic chain. Good. So someone who notices the forward posture of the shoulders, the fallen arch, what is your first course of action? Is there like, so I personally, I'm recommending foot exercise. I'm recommending like toe control. Sometimes I believe we get them skipping or as they're, you know, as they're walking, being intentional about pushing through that big toe. Is there anything specific that you like to advocate as far as strengthening the feet? 
So again, it's going to depend on the person's um, objective. If you're looking to just, you know, if you're okay managing this and doing drills and exercises every single day, some people like that and that's okay, you know, or even uh, uh, toe drills or whatnot, just keep in mind that that's something that you'll have to do pretty much for the rest of your life. And now, if you're interested in, again, addressing the mechanics of your body through your foot, then I would recommend, and, and we've created partial insoles for each incident. So if you have rounded shoulders or if you have an anterior pelvic tilt or whatnot, we have very affordable uh, products. Again, we still work with the same technology of, of wedge at this point. We're not using frequency. And some are designed to activate the upper back and head posture and uh, rounded shoulder and uh, pelvic tilt. And, and the uh, other model is uh, designed to activate your glutes. Again, what we're doing is we're, we've based the development of these insoles on published studies that, um, that have... The, studies going back to even 1980s. Can you imagine that's how long ago they knew this neuroscientists that when you stimulate specific areas of the foot, you have an effect on the sagittal plane. So for example, if I were to add wedges in your heel and have you step stand on something that has wedges here, I'm going to propulse your body weight forward. What's picking this up is your inner ear. You feel you're like you're falling forward and then you'll just activate your back muscles naturally. Yep. So again, depending on your objective, uh, proprioceptive drills, I love. I know that some of the stuff that you do is is absolutely amazing. But for those that are just looking to add an additional component to their uh, proprioceptive drills, uh, you may want to take a look at the um, uh, lower back insoles or upper upper back insoles as well. Yeah, that makes sense. You talked about that on the other podcast is like the idea of, of, you know, one hour versus, you know, 365 days. It's a lot. Um, and if you're like me, you can just put all of the insoles in your shoes because you need to fix all the problems at the same time. I'm actually six foot four now. I've put on four inches because all the insoles I've got in there. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so moving up the chain, we're talking about feet. And if we want to talk about posture, I think we would we would be uh, missing out if we didn't talk about the pelvis. So one thing we see in a lot of people is super tight hips that prevents any type of, you know, adduction, abduction, kind of lateral sway of the hips. So I'd love to, I mean, obviously the, the postural uh, insoles are going to be a good solution, but do you have any go-to exercises to correct hip imbalances or do you have a belief that usually it's just a result of the feet? You know, I, I believe it's just a result of the feet. I've have had uh, intensive, uh, hefty discussions uh, where, where some feel that the, the hips creates the imbalance of the foot. From the moment that you're walking with your feet, it's, it's, it's bound to have a greater impact on, on the mechanics of, of your hip. It's, it's going to go back again to all those different sensory receptors. Now think about the hip flexors, right? What's the role? What, what is the representation of a mature nervous system? Your brain is, is able to inhibit flexion and activate extension. This, this is what is optimal for all humans. So if you have a tendency to have tight hips, then we know that working on foot proprioception works on that system. We also know that doing eye exercises also addresses the system, the system that inhibits flexion and activates extension. So uh, one of the best bets that anyone would have is to work on either or, or ideally both. And really it's gonna cost you no more than a minute and a half per day. A minute and a half per day when you wake up in the morning, and I would suggest doing it three times in the afternoon and not nighttime. The best thing that you can do if you love your nervous system is to do some 
foot exercises or to wear your postural insoles in conjunction with your eye exercises. And, and ideally, if you are a clencher throughout the day, give your jaw a break. If you're clenching, clenching pushes the body forward, by the way. So if your teeth are in contact, it is going to affect your gait cycle. It will affect your stability, your acceptance of gravity. And again, at the end of the day, the way that you fight that gravity, your acceptance of these gravitational forces will dictate how much energy you waste throughout the day. So as I'm just standing here, I'm noticing that I tend to load my heels more. So as I shift forward with the intent of just kind of balancing my weight distribution in front of front to back in quote unquote the sagittal plane, um, I'm noticing that just because I'm pretty aware of my body, I'm noticing that my left ankle has way better ability to go into plantar, sorry, dorsiflexion than my right. So it seems like my Achilles on my right side is almost tight. Now I feel like as I, as I just attempt to sway forward a little bit in the sagittal plane, I'm actually feeling like I'm rotating more. Feel like I'm trying to rotate to the right. So just as I, you know, try to correct, you know, quote unquote, correct my posture so it's balanced among my feet, it causes rotation. And so that probably is I tore both my calves, so I could be that could be a big thing. Uh, but I'm curious what's your thoughts there if I'm noticing a, a bilateral disparity. Yeah, so we can look at that as as means of a, of a potential injury. If you have lack of, of range of motion of one ankle in comparison to the other, right there that should be a sign for you that there's, you know, why should there be an asymmetry to begin with? But you know, one thing that would work really great for that, and it'd be great for you to try it. And I don't know if you have already or not, because I know we spoke about it is, is even just taking a fork and rubbing the skin of your foot. I use an ball. you know, those little, like my kids call it the spiky ball of doom. You just like the, the yeah, so those balls are, are cool. But if you actually use something that's a little harder and, and, and put a little bit more pressure controlled pressure and different movements, something to try out yeah. uh, to see to see if that can help with ankle uh, with the ankle mobility on that side specifically. And uh, I would say at this point, eye exercises, but not the ones that we did in the last show, I would try to do to do saccades. So saccades is right. So if you were to put your arms out like this, and then have you look does, from does it matter how far away in that or is it like six so, uh, the closer the easier the furthest away i mean you're not going to do a full 180 because your eyes are you know so i don't know as your shoulder width a little you know 45 degrees off your shoulder width trying to keep it on screen right and then have you move really really quickly from left to right and do that for a good 20 seconds and for those of you that have time i would even do the verticals so ben grab it like this that's it Arms out as well, yeah, and and try to put your pet, uh, your yeah, yeah, just like that. I know it's challenging for the video, and have you look up and down, <laughs> up and down as quickly as you can. So we're targeting a different part of the brain while we're doing this, but keep in mind that regardless of the movement that we're doing, we're going to have an effect on that same pathway that controls the intrinsic muscles of your spine, which means that your brain's going to feel that you're more stable. Now, if you're more stable. What happens to your ankle joint? Can loosen up. How's it feel? Do, do you still feel that it's the same? I don't know. It could be subjective. It actually feels better. It actually feels like they're balanced now. That's interesting. That could be that could be placebo, but it definitely could a little work. bit of placebo. Yeah. Uh, but but these would be so again pre and post. Test it out. Uh, test your ankle mobility and see if it makes a difference. 
rub the foot, retest it, rub the, do some eye exercises and retest and see what works for you. Again, process of elimination, whatever is corrected with, with the um, exercise means that that sensory organ, either foot, eye, or both are causing the imbalance or the tightness. That's awesome. So would this be something people should be doing when they start their day or pre-workout or both? Both. Okay. Now, the most common um, complaint that we hear or statement that maybe more accurately, I have tight hamstrings and tight hip flexors. I hear that just constantly across the board. What is that a result of? Again, it goes back to the brain. We have to start. Uh, I, I think that the, the the message that I would love to, um, to to speak of here is that we have to to stop looking at the muscles. I know that we can have great discussions about hamstrings, or and, and they are important topics. But I promise you that if you just start to um, uh, optimize the information going into your brain, you'll find that very often those muscle imbalances really really start to change. So um, any exercises that you add once you're aligned will help you progress even faster because regardless of where you're at right now, if you can improve your posture, you'll be able to go that much further. So uh, tightness of the hamstring, tightness of the flexors, that goes back to that part of the brain, that primitive brain that is, that is locking your joints and your muscles and keeping you in that, in that kyphotic type like of posture that's not optimal. That's not optimal for fighting gravity. So working on the feet, working on the eyes, I'm not an expert in training. You are, but I would love to hear what types of exercises you'd give to someone if they went from this to this in five minutes, would your protocol change? I'm pretty sure that it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really with the, and it really is with that mind frame, with that spirit that I invite you to try uh, working out the feet or, or training your feet and eyes together to see if that makes a difference. I think maybe most accurately what would happen if someone's posture change in five minutes is their ability to access a full range of motion, call it the active range of motion will be completely different, right? So somebody goes from this, yeah. you know, uh, kyphotic type thoracic curvature to, uh, you know, forward shoulder posture, all of a sudden their ability to, to do any type of pressing or overhead movements is very limited. If we extend that, that posture a little bit more, all of a sudden, their ability to access range is different, and therefore, their ability to build muscle is exponentially greater because they can access that range without just pain or discomfort. And we also eliminate the likelihood of pain. If you're training correctly, the likelihood of pain gets eliminated anyways because you're limiting that range. But ideally, we want to work to more optimize range. And that this is exactly why I wanted you here because I know that there's so much more to optimizing this uh, balance of flexors and extensors. Uh, than just like stretching or you know, activation stuff. Because it ultimately, as you say, it all starts in the brain. It's all a result of the nervous system perceiving the environment, sending information back up to the brain and the brain set, sending out this, this kind of motor information of what it should be doing to the muscles. So I'm so grateful for you being here again. Um, where can our audience find more about the course that you're holding at my gym in Tampa in April and more from you? Please, education at posturepro.co and our social channel is posturepro. Amazing. And we'll link to all that in the show notes. And I'm definitely going to link to some of your YouTube videos. If you're okay with that, I want everyone to ultimately have access to what they need to pick fixed posture. So our, to our listeners out there, commit 30 days, right? Commit 30 days, as Annette says, to 
doing the foot exercises to doing the eye exercises. And I say ultimately to commit to walking for 30 days in a row and becoming present in how you walk, becoming mindful to this intentional walking, maybe eliminate your shoes, maybe wear a barefoot shoe that allows for a toe spade, that allows some freedom of motion of your foot, allows you to, to feel what it feels like to strike through the heel, push through the toe, and start to become more in tune with your body because you'll be surprised what you can feel. You can start to really tap in. So Annette, uh, you're amazing. I really appreciate you so much and I uh, appreciate your friendship and I appreciate you uh, being so generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. That's a wrap, ladies and gents. Thank you for being here on the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I am your host, Ben Pakulski, and today is another amazing episode with Annette. That's back-to-back episodes. If you didn't listen to one, you probably see why I told you to go back and listen to it. It was valuable. This was a really, really, really great podcast. Thank you to Annette, who truly is um, a wizard at what she does. I really think she's exceptional. I've had the opportunity to work with Annette personally in Montreal, Canada. Um, I drove out there on my own and uh, saw just such a great benefit. My postures felt different for weeks, if not months afterwards. And I continue to do the exercises she suggested to me for the icy cods, for the bottom of my feet. I also still continue to wear her insoles. So if you want to connect with Annette, you can check us out at muscleintelligence.com slash podcast, where you can find the show notes. You can also check out our sponsor for today's show. Thank you very much to Organifi, organifi.com slash muscle to check out all of their products from the greens, the reds, the gold, and the pure hydration products and their amazing protein as well. Thank you to Organifi. Thank you to Annette. Thank you to you for being here. And I realize that um, you want to build muscle and I'm here to support you. So thank you guys. I hope you found some value in this. And if you did, go ahead and share with at least one person you know and love who wants to live their greatest life in a body they love. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.